When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series. Joining you Monday to Friday at 10am UK time. I'm very happy to be joined, of course, as always, by Bailey. How you doing, mate? You good, Joel? I'm good, TC. I'm good. How are you, mate? Not bad. Not bad at all. Chris, how are we doing? Very well, thank you, TC. Hope you're both doing okay. And um, hello to everyone tuning in. Absolutely. I have to say, boys, you did some fantastic work over the weekends and, of course, uh, with the, the upcoming shows as well. We've got some really good content for you guys. If you want to hear some more about Fabio Vieira, Belly and Chris did a really good video talking to one of his former Porto coaches at youth level. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, and we've got a show on Lissandra Martinez coming out as well today at some point in the afternoon. So make sure you've got those notifications turned on so you don't miss it. Good morning to everybody joining us in the chat box. Hope you're doing good and well. We kick off by talking a bit about Gabriel Jesus. Uh, now, this is a deal that's gone, it, it's just kind of gone, not gone anywhere bad yet, but it's just kind of erased itself from, you know, the mainstream kind of updates because it seemingly have been agreed with the player for quite some time. And, you know, Arsenal and Manchester City were kind of on the same page, it seemed. And yet there's like these trickling little bits of information that's, that's supposed to be Spurs kind of getting involved, open negotiations with the player. Bailey, are you worried about these at the moment? Do you know what, TC? I'm not worried. I'm not worried. Um, I feel like we're quite far in our pursuit for, for Gabriel Jesus. And uh, of course, the media have kept a bit quiet on, on the matter. But when they mm. weren't quiet, they were saying that Jesus wants to go to the Emirates. He's up to to making a move he's up for making a switch and of course Arteta has spoken to the Brazilian and I think there's an understanding there where Jesus will go to Arsenal as his next club I think Arsenal can promise Jesus which Tottenham can't promise and that is a, uh, the striker role to be in the mm. main man in the team and we can we can give Gabriel Jesus that which Tottenham which Tottenham cannot so I'm not too worried in that sense I also believe it could be some parts of the media stirring up the transfer just to get more of course hype and get more more uncertainty for Arsenal fans with Tottenham also reportedly being in there. But I think we're safe with the Gabriel Jesus transfer. I really do. I think this week, hopefully by the end of the week, we'll have some developments on his on his potential arrival. Mm, absolutely. Uh, Chris, are you is there any worry on your end about Spurs' potential on getting you know Jesus swooping in and stealing him away from us? I mean, uh, you know, I think it's only sort of natural to maybe have a slight concern about those those uh, sort of things um, because you never know what, what's going on behind the scenes and what, what can happen. Um, but like Bailey, overall, I am relatively relaxed over Jesus and this potential deal. Um, it, it's been in the pipeline for a while, as we've just been uh, sort of reiterating. Um, Arsenal can offer the player regular game time. Um, I think whether that is in that central forward role or, or out wide. Um, with, with so many games to play in, in the upcoming season, the, the player knows Arteta really well. They've got a good, well-established relationship there. Um, and, yeah, I, I just think, you know, with, with how long this has been in the pipeline, um, 
I think it's all about just sort of closing in now on this deal and agreeing on a final figure. And it appears, you know, if obviously the reports are anything to go by that, that it isn't too far away. So, um, you know, the sooner we can get it done, the better. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've been saying that mm. for a long time. <laughs> that goes for, for any deal we're trying to, to close. Um, you know, you avoid sort of any last minute interest from other teams. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll have to... We'll have to wait and see what happens. Um, but yeah, relatively confident. What what what's caused the ray smile of sunshine uh, on your on your faces? Well, what have you seen? I think that Bailey is laughing at a comment from Daniel Lang, who says, <laughs> "To be fair, he says, Tom, I love your content. By the way, has anyone told you that you bear some resemblance, uh, resemblance to the Ukrainian leader Zelensky?" Um, <laughs> Look, Zelensky's doing some some brilliant stuff. You don't you um, like so any you like this, like. I'll appreciate it. So uh, there you go. Uh, Mo says, is is Kaya undercover at the moment? No, he's away at the moment. Uh, Kaya's on having a nice holiday in Turkey. So uh, he's off. He'll be back very soon, though, once he's back and uh, enjoyed his time away, and I'm sure he is. But uh, and, and hello, Kaya, if you're watching. Uh, I'm sure you are. But thanks um, to everybody joining us in the chat box. Make sure you leave some questions because we'll be tackling those towards the end of today's show. Uh, our next topic to kind of go through, uh, and before we do, actually, I will just mention that from my side of things, I'm I'm not yet concerned. You know, I am confident about Jesus uh, making that move to Arsenal if it doesn't happen. And it, it seems like a small percentage chance at this point. But if it doesn't happen... Arteta will be fuming, absolutely fuming with the club because, and it's not like we can point it towards him. You know, he's the one who wants to get this deal done. Um, our next topic of discussion is on the Tillemans situation. You know, a deal that has over the last kind of few days since we last spoke properly, there's been a few problems with this situation. Um, supposedly Arsenal's interest has called, you know, from my side of things, I've heard there's been, I, I basically can corroborate those, those reports that it has Arsenal, there are some issues with the situation, um, which is not surprising considering Arsenal have had personal terms agreed since way back in January. You know, we've had terms agreed with the player for a long, long time and we've yet to make a bid. I mean, Bailey, what does that kind of tell you about the situation? That does say a lot. That does say a lot because we've seen with other transfers, for example, Fabio Fiera, seems to also, also Gabriel Jesus, Marquinhos, Matt Turner. As soon as the personal terms are agreed, we've seen to to go in for the deal and get it done. It seems Arteta wants his squad settled before the start of pre-season. And if we've agreed personal terms with Tillemans, as you said, since a few months ago, why have you not agreed to a deal yet? Of course, it seems that Tillemans maybe is not our priority signing, but another midfielder must be signed. I can't stress this enough. Fabio Ferreira is a great player, but again, he's not the type of midfielder that we needed going into the window. He's a midfielder. We did need him, but we need there's, there's a greater need for more of a defensive-minded midfielder. And I think Fabio Fierro is more of an Erdogan alternative, whereas a player such as Tielemans, for example, a number eight, he can defend and, and, and go forward. That is crucial. So if we are, if the, if the interest is calling on Tielemans, as reports say, then we do need to go in for another midfielder. However, I must remind you that I wrote a piece on, I wrote a piece on this and how Arsenal's interest apparently called on Aaron Ramsdale as well last summer and we still managed to sign him. So a deal is not all done and over yet, but we shall see. Yeah, I think it's important to point that out. I don't think that Arsenal calling their interest initially means that it won't happen. I think Arsenal want to get the best situation for all parties and they feel that at the moment that's not the case. Um, and we know that Arteta's got a big admiration for Tielemans. He's admired him for some time and he, he wants to kind of, you know, push through with this and try and get the player in. But if it's not, if the deal doesn't suit, they're not going to move with it. Um, and there are alternatives out there as well. And there's a long, long time 
to go during this window to get deals done. Chris, how are you feeling about the Tillemans situation? Is it one that you think now could end up running kind of through pre-season rather than getting done before it? Yeah, potentially. I mean, whether the interest is cool or not, the, the most important thing, I guess, to, to, to remember is that the interest is still there. And, um, yeah, I mean, like you mentioned there, this could be one that, that is wrapped up soon or, or could go on until the end of the window. I think, you know, it's become pretty clear that the player would prefer to, to sort of find a new challenge and, and move on from, from Leicester. Um, so, yeah, I, I said in an article last week as well that I'd be sort of quite disappointed if this one doesn't end up happening. You know, again, just like Jesus, it's a name that we've been linked for a very long time. Talks have been going on behind the scenes. Um potentially available for around 25 30 million pounds that that's nothing in today's market especially for a top quality player like Tielemans and I totally agree with, with Bailey's point um I think in addition to Fabio Vieira you need someone like Tielemans and as I mentioned a few moments ago there's going to be so many uh, games to to play next season so many opportunities to rotate the squad um and Vieira and Tielemans are two different two different players and then, and how in terms of how they operate in midfield it is completely different Vieira is very attacking minded um Tielemans you know he, he he plays just in behind in central midfield um and if someone like Tielemans he's more of the competition for the Granite Xhaka and Thomas Partey whereas you know Vieira he's competition for the likes of Martin Odegaard and Mill Smith Rowe Bukayo Saka so um I, I agree with Bailey very important that we get both of these deals done in my opinion and I, 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 like I've said previously, I just think when someone like Tielemans is available on the market for, for that price, you've got to throw everything at it. Um, and yeah, I, I, does, despite maybe Mohamed Elneny extending his contract, we know he's going to stay for a little bit longer. We've still got Sami Lukonga as well. Despite this, like I say, it's clear that there's, there's going to be so many opportunities to rotate next season. You obviously got the five substitutions coming in as well rather than rather than just three again that that adds more opportunities um and i mentioned it in my piece you know how many times did we see the likes of marcelo flores um charlie patino amari hutchinson make the bench last season on several occasions and they were just a few uh, academy products and don't get me wrong it's great to see them get their opportunity it's good to see them get some recognition for their progress uh, in the academy but at the same time, if we really want to compete with the best, if we want to continue moving forward, are they sort of at that level required yet in order to do that? Respectfully, I don't think they are. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, we need top level quality in this team and we need top level competition. And I just think, you know, in order to get that, you need to complete these two deals in Vieira and Tielemans. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think that we're moving for the right types of players. That should be what's encouraging. I know it can be frustrating seeing links to players and they persist throughout a window or they persist across windows and through the season. But the fact that we are being linked to these players, that it looks like we're able to get these deals done, the fact that we can surprise everybody with a Fabio Vieira kind of signing, you know, all of these signs are positive. You know, I remember windows we've gone into when there's been either nothing or the players were being linked with, I've just looked to and gone, these aren't going to change the fortunes of this club. But, you know, Gabriel Jesus, Tielemans, the Fabio Vieira signing, you know, Rafinha, these players are of the level that I think will come in and really progress us forwards. We've not been linked to genuine Premier League stars for so long at this club. And yet, at the moment, that's what we're starting to kind of do. You know, we're trying to push towards these players. And I know that it's human nature to always be critical and to want more, etc. But I do think there's a moment where you have to stop and think, 
about what we're trying to achieve. Um, and obviously, at the end of the window, we'll go back and we'll assess and we'll measure about what we've done based upon what actual signings we've made. But we are trying to push through for these deals for these players that are going to take us that next level. And that's what we've wanted this club to do for a very, very long time. Another player, Bailey, is Lissandra Martinez at Ajax. Um, now, Arsenal and Manchester United both interested in the player. Man United's interest has come out over the last 24 hours. Eric Ten Hag obviously managed him when at Ajax. Do you think that might be a defining factor in who ends up getting him? It could be. It could be. I know Gabriel Jesus and Arteta, for example, they, they've got that close relationship and we're using that almost to our advantage. So why can't Eric Ten Hag use that with, with Lissandro Martinez? I think it is a potential deal. It does worry me because Manchester United do need a centre-back. Of course, the partner, Rafael, Rafael Ferran, I don't think Harry Maguire is up to the level and I'm pretty sure he's not a player for Eric Ten Hag. And already, we already know that Lissandro Martinez is, so it does worry me. But once again, it seems Arsenal are determined to to get the signature of, of Lissandro Martinez. So I hope that we are ready so far in our negotiations that United can't come in and sweep for him. And I once again hope that it's media talk just building up and this create uncertainty for the deal. But I hope we are ahead uh, of Manchester United because it is a worry. Having Eric Ten Hag as their manager is an excellent, attractive, is an excellent uh, destination point for Martinez because he knows Eric Ten Hag, he knows where he specs out of him. It's a different league and he's still a new experience. So it is a worry that Manchester United are, are interested in him. Yeah, absolutely. And, and lastly, Chris, is this a player that you think that you're, or rather, rather is this a position that you're surprised to see us link with kind of a, a £30 million pound plus kind of move in this area? Because I didn't see, you know, I, I say that. I wrote that piece about how Ben White in 2021 um, and spending £50 million pounds on a centre-back then was a big surprise to everybody. And so we shouldn't really just expect us not to go in for other positions because we assume central midfield, striker, wide forward are all going to be the priorities. But does it still surprise you that we are willing to go this high for a position that we've got a fair number of players in, in fairness? I mean, yeah, it's... I guess to a certain extent, but then at the same time, you know, we're talking about a player that is very, very versatile and that would come in really, really handy. Um, you know, we've we've just been talking about the, the the amount of games that are coming our way next season, the opportunities that will be there for rotation. And I think, you know, in addition to that, you've got to obviously factor in Kieran Tierney's injury record too, of course. Um, and if that's anything to go by, um, then... Martinez would, would have plenty of opportunities to fill in at left back as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, at least 30 million, it, it seems as if it, that's going to be what it takes to, to get his services at, at least. So, you know, it won't be cheap. Um, and it's sort of, yeah, it is a, a big signing in terms of this window. Um, but a signing that, yeah, I still believe makes a lot of sense because of the reasons I just stated. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where things go. Um, I was speaking to someone yesterday who's in regular contact with the players' entourage um, and he confirmed that talks with Arsenal uh, have taken place. It seems a, a very um, strong possibility. However, he did reiterate that, you know, Ajax are going to sort of play um, hard to get, really, because... And probably play uh, Arsenal and United off against one another. Yeah, well. Potentially. I mean, you know, if there's an opportunity to do that and an opportunity to maybe get what a bigger figure from one of the clubs, then you're going to look to do that, aren't you? Mm -hmm. um, but what was stated was the, the fact that Ajax could be losing quite a few of their, their key players this summer. 
And understandably, with Arsenal and Man United now showing interest in Martinez, you know, they're, they're reluctant. So it seems Arsenal are very interested um, and Arteta very much likes the profile of the player. It certainly fits the bill in terms of what he's looking for. Um, but uh, yeah, Ajax, it seems, are going to make th- negotiations quite difficult. So uh, I'll, put it, I'll put it this way, as, as things stand, um, although it's pretty clear to see the interest is genuine. I'm, I'm, I'm less confident on this one just because of how sort of difficult it, it could be. And exactly the same goes for Rafinha. You know, you know, we've been linked with him. Uh, it would be a great, great signing. But I just think with Barcelona's reported interest as well, and and how expensive a, a deal could be, I, I'm just less confident. You know, when we talk about the likes of Tielemans and 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 Jesus, just got this feeling um, that that is going to be a difficult one to to close. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. But I mean, to be honest, from my perspective, if we were to sign someone in this position, it was a bit of a bonus for the summer, to be fair. I didn't expect us to move for this kind of player. So I hope that we can get this deal, kind of deal done or a similar player. And it's good to see that we're targeting uh, a player in this mould as well. Uh, let's tackle some of the questions from the chat box. I'm going to scroll up and try and get some from earlier on in the show as well. Um, it's interesting seeing a lot of your thoughts on Eddie and Ketia, who, of course, signed that new deal over the weekend, uh, and it was confirmed that he will take uh, the number 14. Asar says, kind of requesting fans to lay off Nketiah and support him. Bailey, what did you make of the reaction to him being given the number 14? Because as we saw from Ian Wright and Gabriel Magalhaes, they both responded to a lot of abuse and negative comments. I think that what I want to ask you is, you know, there's obviously we know what the definition between abuse and criticism is. There's a line between the two. Now, I wouldn't necessarily describe fans commenting saying I don't think we should he should have been given a contract I don't think he should be given the 14 I I don't think fans saying that is abuse that's a held opinion but what I would say is that if you're replying that to the official posts made by Arsenal or Nketiah that does change it slightly does it not yeah I think it it turned personal it turned personal I'm all for fans there's a reason why we have social media and and we have more platforms to express our opinions because we're allowed to we're allowed to say if we agree with a with a certain decision by Arsenal, we don't agree. But then you take it too far when you tag Enketa and say you don't deserve a contract, you come for him. What does that do to his confidence? Mm. If you support Arsenal, you must support Arsenal's decision to give Enketa a new contract. How is not supporting him? The contract's done now. You can't reverse it. So there's no point for an abuse towards him just to kill his confidence for the start of the season because then you're hurting yourself by abusing a player because he won't be able to perform to his best if he feels like he's under pressure, not supported by his fans. Look, I agree with 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 people who would say he doesn't, he did not deserve a contract. I don't agree. I, I don't believe he deserved a number fourteen scoring five goals in seven games. I think that's if you that he doesn't. I think if you said he would, you'll be lying because I don't think he's shown enough to deserve a number fourteen, the shirt number fourteen anyway, or a new long term contract. But the fact that Arsenal have given it to him now. You look behind that and you say, okay, Ketia, show me why, show me why I was wrong. I want you to show me why I was wrong and why you can why you can be a big player at Arsenal. But fans took it too far, they took it too personal, and there was no need for it. And I'm happy for Gabriel Magales stepping up and getting in his defense. I did say earlier in the season when Arsenal need a new captain, Gabriel should be considered. And this is one of the reasons why he should be considered because he stepped up and did step mm. on the fans next who were abusing Enketia. And that is a type of leader you want it in your dressing room. And I'm very happy. For Gabriel, Gabriel Magalhaes for that. Yeah, it's, it's a fair point, that's for sure. Uh, Brad says the abuse aimed at Eddie was out of order and these people are not fans. Um, let's move on to some other questions. 
Uh, Cole says, Rafinha, 50 to 60 million is worth paying, but what about 25 to 30 million for Gnabry? Chris, on this wide forward position, you know, you said that you didn't think Rafinha was, was that likely of a signing similar to Martinez. Do you think a wide forward in general was a likely addition this summer? Yeah, I, I still wouldn't rule rule that out. Um, like I said, I just think with Rafinha, you've got the Barcelona interest there, which just isn't going away. Um, he would cost a lot of money. I think it also depends maybe on what happens with Nicolas Pepe as well. Um, so a lot of factors in there that could make things quite difficult for that particular deal. I mean, Serge Gnabry mentioned there, I mean, it would be a dream signing, wouldn't it? And it would be an outstanding bit of business. Um, but how likely is that? Not very, in, in my opinion. Um, you know, you can never, never say never in a transfer window. Anything is possible. But um, yeah, I just can't see that one happening either, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, definitely don't rule one out. We've been linked with Cody Gakpo heavily before. Um, those links have gone fairly quiet in recent weeks and months. But again, you know, he could still remain on the list. You've got Richarlison as well. Um, but then again, Tottenham also interested. Um, I think there's also been some some links to Chelsea today as, as well. So um you know, there, there are other options out there and I'm, I'm sure the, car, the the club are keeping their options open. Absolutely. They'd be silly not to. Um, they wouldn't just sort of uh, put all of their, their eggs in one basket and, and uh, sort of um, target uh, Richard, uh, sorry, Rafinha uh, solely. So, um, yeah, um, other options will be out there, TC, that I'm sure that there'll, there'll be more links to come. Just got to remember, it's still very early days in the, in the window. And um, I would expect Jesus to, to come in and obviously primarily play in that central forward position. And uh, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if we see another wide forward come in and, and, and compete with someone like Bukayo Saka, for example. Last couple of questions. Uh, Ronald says, Bailey, what does Lissandro signing mean for holding? And what would you still then be in for Hickey? That means holding is out of the door for sure. I think. Do you really no... think he's gone if he signs? Why would he stay? I think if he stays, he's happy. Enough, he's content. He's happy. If, if he's content yeah. not playing a game this season, maybe one or two games this season, then fair enough. But with Lissandro, Saliba, Gabriel, Ben White, I can't see a game for holding unless Arteta reverts to a three at the back system where he has more of an more of an opportunity, sorry, to get a game. But except from that, I think Arsenal should look to offload holding as well to 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 generate some funds and generate some money for him. So even if he was happy. I think also should look be looking to push him out the door if we sign Lissandro Martinez and Hickey, as the as David Ornstein said, they're losing Lissandro to potentially be a left back and 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 a left centre back. So I don't know if that would happen if we sign Lissandro Martinez. Fair enough. Uh, NVR says, Chris, guys, how are people saying they want fifteen prem goals from Eddie after saying he's only good enough to be the backup striker? I mean, I'm not sure about 15 Premier League goals. I mean, I, I think he could maybe reach that that figure if he if he obviously is rotated in the cup competitions and and uh, the Europa League as well as as well as the the Premier League. Um, I'm not saying he's going to score 15 goals in each competition, De definitely not. But he can reach that that sort of figure overall. I think altogether in in three in those in those competitions. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I think realistically, Eddie will be the backup, especially if if Jesus arrives. As I said, I expect him to be the 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 main man up top for us next season. Um, 
but as we've as we've sort of reiterated throughout this this stream this morning, there will be multiple opportunities for Eddie um, to to play and to score goals. And um, I, I can see him, you know, especially if he you know carries on from where he left off last season uh, in, in red hot form, in front of goal, full of confidence. Um, I see that no no reason why he can't reach that figure next season in all competitions. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think that he's a player that when you consider, uh, we're talking about someone that, you know, got five goals in eight starts last season. Um, you got a situation where you've got someone that's going to figure, if he's given that regular game time, that those numbers reflect a player that could easily hit 15 Premier League goals. The problem is, as you say, Chris, if we've got Gabriel Jesus coming in, I don't know whether or not he's going to get those consistent minutes. So I don't know if he's going to be able to hit the 15. And yet, I get what people are saying. You know, you're paying 100 grand a week and you've got him a five-year deal. He has to score that many goals. But if he's not playing in the amount of games, you know, that expectation, if you get to the end of the season that he hasn't scored and you've gone, well, he failed and that contract was a silly decision. But then you've got Gabriel Jesus that's banged in 20 goals because he's played every game at striker this season. I don't think there's going to be too many complaints or rather there shouldn't be. So it's an interesting one. I don't think players, you know, it's an interesting one that players shouldn't really be set these these weird targets, especially before they've even done anything. I think we need to see what they can do. But if they can't, if they're not given the opportunity, then what can we question? We're in four competitions next season. There's going to be plenty of rotation, plenty of time to see what players are capable of doing. I want to see Eddie and Ketty get 15 goals across all competitions. You know, we got 10 last season. I think going to 15 is a good next step and a good target for him. But I won't be setting that target. I'll just want to see what he does and how many minutes he gets because there's no point in me saying you need to get this many goals because we don't know how many games he's going to play. So we're going to have to wait and see what indeed does end up happening. We're going to wrap things up there. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in to today's show. Really appreciate your time, as always. Do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you are new around here. You can find us on Twitter at uh, the Arsenal way N5. Bailey, thank you so much for your time, as always. Thank you, TCCD, and everyone in the comment section. Absolutely. Chris, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you, lads. Pleasure as always. And thank you to everyone tuning in this morning. I hope everyone has a great day. Absolutely. As I say, drop a like, subscribe, and as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way. Oh,